Can I start with? Let's just talk about the uh, the mayhem that's happened this past weekend. The UFC two eighty six, uh, especially the main event, Leon Edwards versus um, what's uh, I've forgotten his name, Kamara Usman. Kamara yeah. Usman. <laughs> um, okay. I personally thought that for me it would have been a hard decision to make if I was a betting person. I probably probably wouldn't have betted at all. Um, but if I had to bet, if I was forced, if my life depended on it, I would have gone for the likes of Kamaru Usman. Yeah, going into the fight, um, before the fight happened, I actually get that question a lot. Like anytime there's a main event fight and I go live on Instagram, people will ask, who do you have? Who do you think will win? And I told people Usman, and I told them the reason I felt Usman would win was because of the last performance. The last time they fought, I felt like Usman was winning on the card. I felt like he made a mistake. He got knocked out. That was it. Um, and then, you know, you always have that question, is it a fluke? Was it a lucky shot? You know, um, I don't really know if I would consider most shots lucky. I think that you can get, you know, you can get beat up and have one skillful shot land. Even if it seems like it came out of the blue, it's not like he accidentally knocked the guy out. That was the intent, you know? So, sure. um, but going into this particular fight, it's weird because Usman spent so much time going for takedowns. He like he was just getting stuffed over and over and over again. And anybody who's done MMA wrestling or worked on trying to take someone down who just simply doesn't want to get taken down, that is exhausting. It is very tiring mm -hmm. to... Yeah shoot in for a single, shoot in for a double, and then get stuffed. Or they you wind up really trying your best to try to muscle this person to the floor, and you can't. And then now they really, all they kind of had to do was mostly escape and lay on you. You put in 90% of that effort. Um, and then, of course, you know, you have these weird moments in the fight. Like, for instance, Usman goes for the takedown, um, and while they're by the cage, uh, Edwards grabs the cage blatantly. Not even like a little bit, like he's mm -hmm. holding on with his fingers to not get taken down. And then he's able to peel him off the cage. But then as soon as he's able to peel him off the cage, then the referee steps in and says, oh, point deduction. Right. Um, which is kind of weird because it's like, shouldn't you have stopped it before he got ripped off the cage? Exactly, exactly, like yeah. he put in all this time, work and effort. Then you stopped what could have been a fight changing moment to take the point away. And I'm not saying obviously the point deduction is a huge thing, right? But who knows what could have happened had that match not been stopped right then when he was able to finally secure a takedown off that cage. Uh, it, it's a little weird stuff like that happens all the time. Um, but at the end of the day, Hey, he won. It's all there is to mm, well, uh, whether, yeah. whether we like it, whether we don't, um, whether you're an Usman fan, whether you're an Edwards fan at the end of the day, he did win the fight. That's yes. Yeah. Um, and the old saying is what you have to beat the champ to be the champ, right? Well, he's the champ. Like you got to beat him. Like, <laughs> you didn't. Yes, Sorry. Yeah. But you know, it leads to more interesting fights later down the road because now there's a potential of seeing Usman versus Wonderboy. And I think that that would be a very fun fight to watch. Um, and it would, it would solidify if I don't think it'll happen. And I'm a huge Wonderboy fan. Um, but if Wonder Boy is able to beat Usman, that means he gets a legitimate title shot. There's no way you cannot give him a title shot if he beats Usman. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, no. Um, 
Yeah, I I get that. But then when you talk about the title shots, who gets and who doesn't get it, we're now moving to Colby Covington and Dana White confirmed in the post fight press conference. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, I mean, when Covington, you're looking at yeah, like Covington has been just kind of sitting waiting anyway, you know. Yeah. So like he's it's if I looked at this matchup the way that it's most likely gonna go, you're gonna see Edwards versus Covington, and you're gonna see Usman versus Wonder Boy. If Wonder Boy beats Usman, then he's gonna fight the winner of Covington versus Edwards. That's just how I see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I hear what you just said, but then you got um uh you got what's his name, Covington, who was um doing an interview, I think, both for um Eric Hawan. No, no Hawan, it's for James Lynch, and then later on for the submission radio guys from Australia. I think both cases was calling Leon Edwards, Leon Scott. Basically saying that um Edwards is ducking him, basically avoiding him. I thought, well, hold on, he's not necessarily avoiding you, but I think Edwards, you know, before all of this, Edwards probably was having really bad luck trying to get and secure a fight, scare fight to actually happen. Uh, the the opponent would pull out because of injury or maybe the fight be cancelled for one reason or the other. But he was having a lot of bad luck at some time. So at, at one point, so I think now he's kind of like, let's say. Um, enjoying his success, enjoying his victory, and uh, he wants to now call the shots, which is understandable because you've worked hard to get to the position that you're in. Now, so you're enjoying the privileges that comes with. So, um, I mean, in your opinion, who uh, do you think it should be Covington versus Edwards, or do you think it should be Masvidal? Because he did say he wants to fight Masvidal. Edwards did. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. So, first, I never could stand the politics of asses and seats the politics of asses and seats is basically you might have a guy who is ranked number 10 but he's electrifying and people absolutely love him right like Kamzat is a great example Kamzat, when he was coming up through the ranks he was just an electrifying guy and he's just mauling through people right it's not even close it looks like he's bored right but he's one of those guys that they wanted, like, they did this so many times before. They did it with Paige Van Zant. They did it with Sage Northcutt, where you have somebody who's got this celebrity star power, and they want to push him up a little too fast, too far, too soon, right? Yes, yes. Meanwhile, you have guys who are very talented, but people just simply don't know them. <laughs> like, even if they were main card guys, they were like, all right, well, I guess I saw that guy fight once or twice, and that guy could be like 8-0. Yeah, but yes, they won't yes. give him the shot because he's not the one that's going to put asses in seats, even though he's ranked higher than someone else who has more star power. No other sport does that. You're not going to go to the World Series and then all of a sudden they go, you know what? These guys over here won the pennant, but you're just not that popular. So I'm sorry. You can't go to the World Series. We know you did everything you needed to do to get from point A to point B. But we're going to go with this team over here, even though they have like a 50-50 record, you know, never happens, never happens in any sport like but yet in MMA or fighting any combat sport, really, that's been kind of the status quo. I don't think that we should allow fighters, especially the top guy, to make that decision. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I know that you want to fight like, let's say, hypothetically, every fighter right now had the ability to just pick and choose whoever they wanted to fight. They're always going to pick the guy that's going to make them the most money. Yes. Because yes. you're only going to be on the top so far. That's not fair. I'm sorry. That's not fair. That's not fair to how this actually works. If that was the case, we would have nothing but circus fights all the time because people just want to see them. Um, and the UFC has done this before. 
And it's worked sometimes, like with Brock Lesnar, for instance. I think Brock Lesnar's third fight, maybe fourth fight ever in MMA was a title shot. He like went and jumped leaps and bounds over guys who had been in the UFC who worked their way up the ladder and yes. had double-digit fights, yet they didn't get a, a shot because Brock Lesnar was going to put asses in seats. That's a stupid fucking system. Sorry. But that, that's... No, no, you can swear. You can curse what you like. I you know, but that's a stupid it's system. Fun. It's dumb. Like, you don't get the choice. Like, it should be based off of merit. Your yes. rank. Yeah. That's it. That should be what it's based off of. And, of course, if the number two guy can't take the fight, guess what? We have the number three, four, five guys waiting in the wings if they're available. You know, like, I get it. Sometimes it's difficult to work out um, who your reserve is going to be. Uh, mostly because of things like they might have had a fight within six months where they themselves were injured, knocked out, training camp, a lot of factors, right? Or even if they can, um, you know, certain guys just shouldn't take fights. Like if you're the number four guy, then all of a sudden this opportunity arises and they say, hey, man, we want you to fight for a title shot. You might not be ready. Like, and that might be your shot. But if you don't get a full training camp, that's not fair to you. So it's it's very tricky. I get it. But at the end of the day, fighters shouldn't get to pick and choose who they feel like fighting. That's not how this should work. Um, unless unless it's the fighter who is the challenger, um, not the person on top. The person on top, you don't get a choice. They're going to give you a guy. You have to fight them because you're the champion. That's all there is to it, you know? But, well, Rob, you say um, uh, it doesn't happen in any other sport. Or in reality, do you mean it doesn't happen in any other organization except the UFC? Because no, boxing has done it too. Like we last time we were on here, actually, we talked quite a bit about this. About like, you know, people are going to pay for the money fight, and we talked a lot, mostly about the Paul brothers, right? But yes, people yeah. are going to pay for certain fights, and they're not going to pay for others. Um, boxing has done this before. Like even great boxers have been accused of cherry picking their fights. Like, I'm a huge Roy Jones Jr. fan. Love Roy Jones. Like, I used to watch him as a kid. I liked his swagger in the ring. I loved his timing. I loved his ability to be able to manipulate the ring. Um, I loved watching Roy Jones fight. It was beautiful. And I especially liked him fighting Mike Tyson, which, for lack of better words, was more considered like an exhibition circus-type fight on a circus-type card. But to watch those two guys one, I felt like Mike Tyson in that fight redeemed himself a little bit from his antics and behavior in the ring from previous fights. Like, for instance, when he bit Holyfield and stuff like that, right? But there was a mutual respect in there, and you got to see them almost spar. Like, they were hitting each other, don't get me wrong, but it was like this beautiful sparring session where you had these two conflicting styles. Mike Tyson having this, like, short, big body movement, head movement game where he's taking these big looping shots, right? And then you have like Roy Jones, a little more finesse, you know, like these guys back in the day would have never fought each other because they weren't even close to the same weight class, you know, but now that they're older, they kind of meet in the same way. I liked it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you see it in boxing all the time. You really only kind of see it in combat sports. Like you just don't see it in like, I guess you could say team sports. You're not going to see it in baseball. You're not going to see it in football. You're not going to see it in soccer. You're not going to see it in hockey. It just doesn't work that way. Um, whereas in combat sports, when you have these individual sports, you see that sometimes. Hell, you don't even really see that in tennis. Tennis doesn't work that way. Yeah, like that, yeah. you're in a tournament. <laughs> like you will face the next person who earned their spot there. Like it doesn't matter if it's the match that's so exciting. You know, it just is what it is. So I don't know. I, I see it more in combat sports, in my opinion. 
but you see the ranking in the UFC. Okay, I say the UFC, but there's other organizations: Bellator One Championship, PFL, Cage Warriors, Raw Fighting Championship, and so on. I've read the ranking, and I try to just so I could fully understand how the ranking system works in combat sports. Um, I've kind of investigated and seen read. Let me just tell you that the ranking in combat sports is actually done by okay your wins. And also, um, yeah, how many wins and losses you have, but also how popular you are. <laughs> is that is that not is that really the case? I mean, it seems like it, to be honest. Like, you know, certain, you know, the asses and seats theory isn't really a theory. It's been proven time and time again. There have been plenty of guys who should have probably retired, but they were so popular that where the UFC with some people would have already kicked them out, kept them because they were still a draw. Um, so there have been plenty of cases where a guy or a female might lose two fights in a row. And then all of a sudden the UFC is like, you got to go. And then there are cases where very popular fighters might lose three fights in a row. And they're like, yeah, you're still fine. Come back in. You know, like, like look at Clay Guida, for instance, when Clay Guida went on a losing streak, no one even questioned if he was going to like be kicked out of the UFC. It wasn't even a question. Like they they were going to keep him because he's a popular guy. Like they didn't give a shit. You know, um, it's it's a strange thing. I think Chuck Liddell, if I remember correctly, um, please don't quote me on this, but this is just me going based off of memory. I think he lost maybe three fights in a row before they finally kicked him. Um, even though he showed clear signs of CTE well before then, um, like I don't. Like, it's it's a strange thing. And, like, yes, if you've ever been around Chuck Liddell, he's a fucking great dude. He's a great dude. His coach, John Hackman's a friend of mine, a mentor, and I respect him. But even then, like, when Chuck Liddell was trying to go get other fights after the UFC gave him the boot, like, John was against it. He was telling him, hey, you shouldn't take these fights. Like, because he was, he clearly has a, a traumatic brain injury. And if you've been around him for more than five minutes, you would know. So for the UFC to have kept him on as long as they did when it was so blatantly obvious, like that's a clear sign of asses and seats. Like they didn't give as much of a fuck about his health because they knew that he was still going to draw in people, you know, and I'm not saying the UFC does this all the time, but I'm saying there are definitely cases that it, it, it happens. You kind of nudge me in the direction of thinking about someone like John Jones, who always seems to he okay, in terms of mental health and CTE, I've not as for speaking personally from my own from what I've from what I've seen, I've never seen or even heard any signs of CTE or any sort of you know brain injury any brain injury related issues where he's concerned. Um but I think um People question whether he should. Uh, I mean, he should still be kept um, on in the in the sport. I mean, there was another um, uh, particular athlete who I think in twenty twenty one or twenty two was kicked out. He had a French name. He's uh, his name just escapes me now. Um, something Phoenix or so. Um, he's tall. Has he looks biracial or so? Okay. Uh, but he was um, given the boot from the UFC just after two or three fights, and I think he's. He actually told the organization, I do have some mental health problems, so please can you help me? And people have been saying that probably John Jones had the same issue. And John Jones is, you know, well, let me say Dana White always, always looks the other way where John Jones is concerned. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, 
you know, that is something that's really similar to other sports. Unlike the ranking system, right? Like the Dallas Cowboys in the nineties was like probably the worst um, role models ever. <laughs> like the, the Dallas Cowboys in the nineties in their heyday, they were constantly getting busted for drug use, for abu uh, spousal abuse, for uh, prostitutes. Like they were getting busted for everything under the sun and no one cared because they were still winning games. You know, like that, that's that's nothing new to sports in general. Like cer certain people, you know, like I'll give you I'll give you a, a, one of the greatest examples. Right. You can love somebody for some one thing and hate them for something else. Um, that's what allows you to have good, wholesome relationships with anyone. So you can be have a friend who makes a mistake and you can still be their friend and still not respect them for the decision that they made, but still yeah. be their friend. Like Dana White in one press conference said that, that there's no coming back from that. And what he meant by there's no coming back from that was if you hit your spouse, that was like what that conference was about. And then you fast forward years later and he's caught in a nightclub slapping the living dog shit out of his wife multiple times. Well, there was apparently coming back from that because, you know, he said, yes, I did this. No, no one should apologize for my actions. My actions were wrong. And then people were like, are you going to resign? He's like, fuck no. And he moved on with life. Right. And so at the end of the day, the UFC has to make a decision. If you're going to make bold statements like there's no coming back from that. You better fucking follow through because if you don't, you look like a hypocrite, you know? And then, so here you have some other fighters who have been booted out of the UFC for domestic violence, yet the big dog does it and it's okay. And I'm not saying that he says it's okay, but when you do something and there's no consequences to your actions, you're saying it's okay. <laughs> like that's what that is. It's not just well. It's not just Dana White. I think in Dana White's own case, what ha that happened in New Year's Eve in two thousand twenty-two. Um, in his own case, we don't exactly know the full in and outs of what actually happened that night, or do we? What would there be to know? Uh, like, it shouldn't happen anyway. <laughs> like, uh, all right, man, I saw this guy he stabbed this woman in the neck seventeen times. We don't know. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we don't. Sorry, we I... don't. We don't know exactly what went down. She could have said uh, something snarky, you know. Like, even if, like, let's just like again, he didn't make those caveats in his speech. You know, he wasn't like, well, you know, these other fighters that we kicked out, we don't know the whole story. No, that's not what he said. He said there's no coming back from that. So, like, it, it's either one or the other. Now, again, this is one of those things where. I would most nine times out of 10 say it's none of my fucking business, right? Nine times out of 10. Why? This is their shit. This is their personal shit that happened to get caught on camera. And the rough part about being someone who is of celebrity status and in the limelight is it's very hard to have anything personal. You know, that in itself will weigh on you. Um, you have eyeballs on you all the time and every little move and every little piece of chess piece you move is going to be scrutinized and observed and stuff like that, right? I started that conversation with something specific. And I, I meant to say that because I wanted to come back to it, which was you can like someone for one thing and hate them for something else, right? Yeah. You can yeah. love the fact that Dana White was able to get the sport to where it is today. There's no denying that he was the forerunner to be able to make MMA what it is today. That is a fact, right? Now, I'm not saying he did it alone, but I'm saying he did 
spearhead this and he was the guy in charge and he did take all the heat. Do I like that? Yes. Do I think that he necessarily treats all the fighters the way that he should? Well, I don't know because I'm not back there handling paperwork. I don't know the behind the scenes of how their money works. So when you see fighters complaining about pay, I, I don't know how all that works. You know, could they afford it? Could they not afford it? You'd assume so, but we don't know. We're guessing, right? But then when you look at something like that, you got to hold a certain standard. If not, you're going to wind up going down a slippery slope of hypocrisy. Yeah. If Dana White doesn't step down, you understand that. You're like, okay, well, he doesn't step down because he's the boss. And who else would fill those shoes? And what would happen to the organization? What would happen to all these other fighters? Would Is there a next person being groomed to take his spot? Is there someone who would be able to take his spot right now? Right. So if we say, yeah, Dana should have stepped down and then he does. And then the entire organization crumbles and all of those fighters, all of those employees are now out of jobs. Was that the right thing to do? Um, it's hard to navigate. It's a difficult thing. But don't fucking say stupid shit that you're going to get called out on either. Don't say shit like there's no coming back from it. And then you do it. And then all of a sudden you can like you shouldn't have said that shit to begin with. Right. Either you have the standard or you don't. And they don't. So. It is what it is. You see, that's and an, I'm going to sound so petty for saying this, but <laughs> it, it it's going to be like you know you've done that now, and then you're gonna in the future you're gonna kind of like say you're gonna like advise people, especially the young folks who who there are many young people who look up to these athletes and all these successful um combat sports affiliated individuals. I mean, I, I doubt is I doubt that someone like Dana White or John Jones or even Conor McGregor can even tell people, advise people on the do's and don'ts, you know, certain things they should avoid and just ha how they should carry themselves whereby they themselves are fucking up all the time. Look, Conor McGregor is in the news at least every two to three times a month, or so, um, every two to three weeks or so, of virtually what feels like every day now for something, something, um, an assault, um, an incident, altercation, but he's, he seems to be in the news for something. If it's not sports, it's going to be for something else negative or so, you know? Well, I think that when it comes to, I'll go back to the thing that I said. I'll just repeat it because I think it bears fruit. You can like somebody for something and hate them for something else. I could like a fighter for being a good fighter and know they're a big piece of shit. I could respect their technique. I could respect their attributes. I could respect their 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 grit. I could respect all of those things and still not want to fucking hang out with them. <laughs> you know, like, do I want to have to worry about someone doing some crazy shit? No. So like, why would I want to fucking hang around people if I knew that they were trouble? That doesn't mean that like, think about how many people that we respect that do the dirtiest, most egregious shit, but we don't find out until like a decade later. Like we don't find out while we're looking up to them. We find out after they fall off and all of a sudden all the dirty laundry comes out, right? How many rappers have we stopped listening to because they shot someone? How many like, how many like TV shows did we stop watching because the actor did something we didn't like? How many, um, you know, movies where we were like, I'm never watching this person's movie again. <laughs> like nine times out of 10, you don't, you don't. They do the crack. Okay. You go, well, sucks for him, but I like that movie. So you keep yeah. watching their movie, yeah. you know, like, you, did you ever stop listening to Michael Jackson? Did you boycott his stuff? Did you never listen to another Ma Michael Jackson song again? 
How about R. Kelly? You ever stop listening to R. Kelly? <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I hear what I hear exactly what you're saying word for word. But the thing is, I mean, the way you that you will think of that person now will completely change. I mean, whenever you hear their song come on or see their film, you say, "Oh, that's gr- that's great film, nice tunes." But you might, I don't know, you might um, convulse slightly knowing you, knowing also they've got this good talent, but also knowing something else about them, something else so heinous that you know you just never thought. Of course, but like I think that it's very difficult for us, especially in a modern age where we understand more of the human psyche, that things are not black and white with people. Like people even very close to you that you respect are going to probably have a misstep. And when they have that misstep, do we ju- like uh, do we judge them off the 99% of the times they did the right or the 1% they did the wrong? Like it depends on the wrong. It depends on what they did. It depends on how they affect me personally is like, let's say, for instance, a musician, does that person's music affect me in a more positive way than this incident that I only think about when I think about the incident? Um, It's very difficult for us to try to pigeonhole people in this. They're either a good person or a bad person. That's not real. That's not that's a fantasy we would love to make up in our head because we so want there to be just a good and bad. What we don't want to see is the percentage of good and bad. What we don't want to look at is the fact that there are people out in that pl- at the planet that are like 60% bad people, but 40% not. And there are people who are 60% good people, but 40% they fuck up and make mistakes. There is no 100% good person. So I think that we need to stop feeding this fantasy to people. I think now because of social media and the internet and the fact that almost everything is on camera now, that we're just now seeing that. Like, no one gets out of this clean anymore. We're all flawed human beings. And so if we're flawed, let's look at this from a realistic standpoint. A child, right? We're trying to make sure that the child has a good role model. So that child winds up finding a musician that they like. They wind up doing the same old thing they always have. Uh, An athlete that they like, an actor that they like. Someone usually in the arts is what usually becomes a mentor, even if it's like a coach, right? then you find out that that person isn't necessarily a great person. What if, let's say hypothetically, there was someone out there who did something like cured cancer, right? Just completely found the cure for cancer. And then all of a sudden we find out now that this person's super famous, all the little skeletons in their closet. Did they still cure cancer? (laughs) Like, what would it be, what would it take for us to no longer give a shit that they did this amazing thing? How much would it take for us to be able to go, you know what, thanks for the curing cancer, I guess. You know, you saved like millions of lives, but you're a piece of shit. So, you know, you don't get credit for that anymore. <laughs> like, what would it take? And um, the word is called equity. So this is something like in relationships, when you and another person are friends, buddies, spouses, whatever the case may be, When you do something good for that person, it's called putting equity into the relationship, right? I have this, these notes. I can say I did this and this on this date. And you don't necessarily keep a tally, but they they add up whether we know it or not. You bought your spouse flowers. You took her out on a date. You said nice things, right? That's equity. You're building equity. So that way, when you do make a mistake, was the things good? Did that outweigh the bad? Well, when the bad starts outweighing the good what winds up happening is now you're in this emotional debt now no matter what you do you're playing catch up and it will always seem like the only reason you're doing good 
is to make up for the bad. So it's so important at the beginning of any relationship, even for athletes, that you stack on as much good as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah. So eventually, if you do fall, your fan base is still there for you because they understand, hey, man, we get it. You're going to make a mistake, but you did all of these great things for us. We get it. Look at Babe Ruth. Like, we found out after Babe Ruth was, like, dead that he was, like, this huge womanizer, alcoholic piece of garbage, right? But his equity up to that point, people didn't know because, again, we didn't have social media back then, you know? Uh, I've got some other questions to ask you. In fact, you give me even more questions <laughs> to ask you, but <laughs> can I reconnect with you in about the next 10 or 15 minutes? Just my t the time limiter for Zoom has come on. W would that be okay? Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, send me another uh, link and I'll hop right back on. We'll get back to it. I will, G-Man. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. not a problem. When we left off in the first half, um, it was about the uh, was it um, the morals or so of a fighter, and then how popular they are in the sports or well, not just in the, in the sport of mixed martial arts or combat sports, but also about basically life in general. If you're preaching all these things, you better be sure to back it up with how you carry yourself and how you go about your day to day life and so on. Well, I mean, I think that at the end of the day. A lot of people can be hypocritical, but the thing is, is that if you're the head of an organization yes. and you say this is our policy and procedure and you don't follow through, I mean, people say shit and change their mind all the time. There's nothing wrong with changing your mind about things. The problem is, is that it's not necessarily uh, a good path to go down if you say as an organization, hey, we do not tolerate A, B and C unless mm. the bosses do it. And then yes. it's okay. You know, yeah. th there's a difference. And the other thing we kind of discussed last time too is you can like somebody from one thing and not like them for something uh -huh. else. Yeah. Yes. So it's completely fine for you to say, I respect someone or hell, I even like them as a person. I just don't like this thing that they did. Um, that's something that is kind of important in the world because imagine if you found out the truth about absolutely every hero you've ever had, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like there's a there was this rumor going around, which it could be just because of a meme. I don't know. Um, I don't know if this is true. This is a rumor. But let's say hypothetically this rumor was true. There was this meme that I saw. Now, again, I do not know if this is true. This is just an example. But it was talking about how Martin Luther King Jr. would go around and sleep with different women on tours while he was giving speeches. Now, let's say hypothetically that's true, right? Yes. Would he still not be a great man for all the things that he did? This is the trick with these conversations, right? You can like somebody for one thing and not like them for something else. Now, I don't know if that rumor is true. Again, it's the internet. People say stupid shit all the time that's not true, right? But at yeah. the end of the day, if that was true, what would your viewpoint be of that human being? How drastically different would it matter? I mean, something to think about. No, uh, in the case of Martin Luther King... Um, I, I have to say that I've I've heard something uh, similar to what you just said, that he, on, when he was on his civil rights tours back in the 50s and 60s, that they were sleeping with different women and so on. Uh, I think there's a YouTuber from the US, a black guy called ABL. I'm not sure if you've come across his channel or so. Uh, that, that's the acronym he uses for the channel. But I did hear that, um, oh God, this is venturing into something else like that. Yeah, that Martin Luther King did was involved in that in orgies and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, Again, I don't know if it's true. Yes, like, yes, yes. but at the end of the day, the the main point is is like, let's say your favorite person on the planet was Bozo the Clown, right? Yeah. You're like, Bozo the Clown is my guy. That's who I look up to. And then you find out Bozo the Clown was smacking around his wife, right? Mm. Like, all right, well, you, you can still like Bozo for doing the things that you liked Bozo doing. You could still hate him for the other thing. Now, the hard part is we, we discussed last time is the equity. How much good did they put in the world and how much bad did they put in the world? If there's more good than bad, it makes things a little different. And what type of bad? I mean, it just all boils down to people's individual morals, which I don't think anyone has the right to dictate to another person what someone else's moral fiber should be. I think that there are certain things that are unforgivable, in my opinion. But I mean, at the end of the day, there are laws in place for a reason. If you cross a certain line, eventually you're going to have to deal with those laws. Um, so, I would like to come back to this in uh, in a little while. But there's some, you know, there's an individual I want to ask you about. Um, that you said you're not maybe not friends with, but they follow you on social media. But I was surprised when you actually mentioned his name the last time that we spoke in the first half of this episode, Brendan Sharp. Okay. Um, at the moment, he seems to be someone who's, as in, seems to be a successful um, comedian, if you can call it that. Although many people believe that his success is due to him having ties and connections to one particular established comedian already. Um, but he, he, you know, he seems to kind of people don't really find him as entertaining as he probably thinks he is. And they find it to be far more the opposite, far more annoying. <laughs> it's just that someone like yourself, I wouldn't have thought that you would have anything to do with that. I mean, some people even think that maybe he wasn't even that much of a good mixed martial artist. Mm. I'm I'm curious about a couple things on uh, in that statement because there's a lot to unpack in what you said and how you said it. But the first thing is, um, why would you be surprised that I would? that I would like follow that person or have been on their show or communicated with them. Why is that surprising? Uh, there's just that like, you seem to be like a very um, intelligent, articulate person. You actually call out bullshit when you see it. As in, you don't, you really don't like nonsense. You seem like a non-nonsense sort of person, but he himself, on the other hand, he seems to be someone who kind of, you know, going back to the sort of morality, morality thing, we, conversation we had earlier, um, he will do one thing and then he'll call somebody else out for doing the same thing kind of kind of thing and then it's almost like he's a very much a hypocrite himself but he will never accept accept it this is probably up because i'm going by all the trolling i'm seeing on youtube and all the reddit the subreddits and stuff like that and mm. maybe I, i've never met brendan sharp in in person in the flesh so i really can't say so unfortunately you know um how I how I put that statement probably was very biased because I'm going solely based on what I've been hearing and seeing on the internet. I never met the person actually in person. Well, I mean, that's the fun part about the internet, right? We can say absolutely whatever we want to say and, you know, yeah. some, some people will follow it and certain people won't. I think at the end of the day, you know his name. Yes, like, yeah. You were aware this person exists. Do you think it was luck that got that person to their position? Like, just be honest. Like, do you really think this person just stumbled their way into the spotlight? Or do you think that there had to be something like, let's just start from the beginning. So this person made it to the UFC, right? How many people don't make it to the UFC? 
A lot, a lot. Um, but he did. So yeah. did he do that because he knew another comedian? No, he did that on the back of his own hard work. Then when he got there, he was able to actually have wins in the UFC, correct? He didn't just have a losing streak, right? So that means that he was able to beat other people who also had to claw their way into the UFC with their skill. So he was in an uh, a competition against other trained athletes. Is he the best MMA fighter of all time? Absolutely not. But who gives a shit? The majority of the UFC roster is not the best fighters in the world. Like the majority of the UFC roster at the end of the day is not the world champions. They're not going to be the, the, the Usmans. They're not going to be the Khabibs. They're not going to be the Anderson Silvas. There is a slew of people on that roster that are going to have like four fights and you're never going to hear from again. There are a slew of people who have negative records in the UFC. There are a slew of people who have eh, so-so records, but because of that so-so record, they'll never be put in the spotlight the same way as other people. So at the end of the day, a lot of those people, I've never even fucking heard of. <laughs> like, But I've heard of this person. So I don't think it's a mistake that that person got into the UFC. The other part is this person was able to start several podcasts. Whether you like them or not, people are still talking about them. The algorithm doesn't give a shit what you say as long as you say it. So if I, let's say hypothetically, go online and I look at my analytics, the analytics don't tell me words. The analytics yeah. tell me numbers. And what it says is you have this many comments. It doesn't doesn't care if it's good or bad comments. doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, I would wonder why people would be so, I don't know, bored to like go after something they just simply aren't big fans of you know at the end of the day if you don't like them fuck it you don't like them that's cool right um personally i just know my experiences with the man he's never done anything wrong to me i've never really seen him do anything specifically malicious i think he's just like anybody else he probably has word vomit that happens from time to time you're being filmed all the fucking time on cross multiple podcasts with multiple people eventually you're going to say some shit that's going to contradict some other shit that you said because we are not computers we do not keep tallies of i said this on this day and this time you know who does keep track of that shit people with no fucking lives <laughs> like ah oh, this person said this over here hold on but this podcast over here like who gives a fuck if you don't like them you don't like them if you like them you like them personally he gave me an opportunity to be on his platform which is a much bigger platform than mine, to be able to spread a message that is about taking down fakes, frauds, phonies, con men, and pedophiles. He gave me a platform to be able to discuss bullshit in the industry that could get people harmed or killed or raped. So at the end of the day, yeah, absolutely, I'm grateful that he gave me that platform. And you know what? I'd be on his show again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You have kind of, you've put, You've kind of given me some just in the uh, in the five minutes or so of what you just said that you have given me something else to think about. Um, you're right. Um, the algorithms and the you know the traffic going towards his platform, the numbers just they're just telling you numbers, numerical data. It doesn't tell you the actual text of what people are actually saying in the comments and whatever. But but I think. And again, I say this um, with the notion of, you know, um, giving him the benefit of the doubt. I've never met him before. But again, from what I can see from what I've been hearing, all of the what people are saying seems to be much more on the negative side. 
there's very little um, there's very little positive i mean many people believe the reason why he's gone he's managed to gain the sort of status within the comedy industry and probably podcasting is because of his relationship with joe rogan in fact it was joe rogan who back in 2014 actually sat him down in the podcast live and said i think it's better that you kind of stop fighting you know the performance isn't that your performance isn't what it used to be and i think you're a very funny person you're very entertaining in that regard and for that reason maybe we should venture into um comedy and you know the podcast yeah have done well but again not forgetting what you just told me rob if you look at what people are saying people are saying he's only he only, he only managed to get the sort of status and standing in comedy because of who he knows joe rogan and even then if you look at the um what do they call it the uh um, is it Rotten Tomatoes numbers that the the score ratings of his com of his content they seem to be quite poor. One well, out of ten well, <laughs> on let's IMDb. Let's let's go down that path because I think it's important we go down that path, right? Because you um you said a couple things here, like people online, I'll you know people on Reddit. I can't speak to people online or people on Reddit. I would love to have a conversation with anyone. I go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern time on my Instagram, and I let anyone join the live that wants to join the live. So if anybody would like to continue this conversation there, you're more than welcome to. But since I can't talk to them right now, I can't talk to you about it. So let's play that game. So let's go down that path. If Brendan Schaub called you up tomorrow and said, hey, I'd love to have you on my show, are you going to make your decision based off of what other people have said online? Or are you going to actually hop on there because it would actually boost you? <sighs> and then you, as a grown man, would be able to have this conversation directly with him. Okay. For st to start with, I would say yes. I mean, I would, I would be, appreciate... I would appreciate the fact that someone with a much bigger platform than myself and their content kind of relates to what I do because they were a mixed martial arts fighter. Uh, so they do have, they still have ties to the sport. Uh, I probably would say yes, but then I, I would um, also keep in mind what other people have said, but still giving the person the benefits of the doubt so I can kind of, um, with what I've seen before in the past, I would there's certain things and certain behaviors from him that I probably would anticipate would happen if I was to have this conversation with him there, just an honest leveling with him with him um I'd probably expect him to probably deflect a lot of things that I say to him and put forward to him um and I probably you know just if I ask him why do you do such and such or say behave the way you do I mean right now I think there's the issue with um with Mark Harley and then before that there was the issue with is it um uh, the Kyle Kyle got and is it um Bobby Lee, um they have their issues that I think Bren was involved in, and eventually for some reason they Bobby Lee and his girlfriend they split up or so, um. I, I mean, I, at I, the end of the day, do we base our decisions off of other people's opinions? I mean, I think that if the dude did something that was horrendous, that we were like, oh my god, this guy like raped a kid we would be like, yeah, of course I'm not going to be on his show. Yeah. Or, if, you know, like, but again, we can keep playing that game. Dana White slapped the shit out of his wife several times. He went on a press conference and legitimately said, please stop defending me. What I did was wrong, right? So I have no problem saying that because that's the truth. He did slap the shit out of his wife multiple times. It was caught on camera. And he did go on a press conference and tell people to stop defending him. 
So if Dana White came to you tomorrow and said, hey, man, I got a multi-million dollar deal for you to have your show on Fight Pass. Do you turn that down because he slapped his wife or do you take the deal so you can reach other people and spread a good message? No, you, you, you would take the deal. Okay, so exactly that. That's all I needed. So, of course, you take the deal, right? So at the end of the day, it's very easy for people who have nothing to gain or lose to go on a Reddit forum and speak their opinion. Of course, people should have the right to speak their opinion. I think that that's great. And yes, we as human beings do take those opinions and we assimilate them. But I think certain opinions, certain things should be taken with a grain of salt, especially when it's subjective. For instance, if people don't think it's funny, okay. I mean, I don't think he's the funniest fucking dude in the world. Hell, I didn't really even like his stand-up. But at the end of the day, I can't deny the fact that he was able to use his platform to be able to get to the position to be able to have that stand-up. So he gets critiqued on something he was able to do by people who were not able to do the same thing. I respect the person who was able to do it way more than the person who was able to critique it. Um, And so when it comes down to like, people like liking or hating somebody okay that's cool people are allowed their own opinions and some of those opinions might actually intersect with my own opinions but at the end of the day i look at the proof in the pudding you know and again we can like somebody for some things and hate them for other things right i can respect the man's hustle and grind and work how do we know that he hustle and grinds and works he was a ufc fighter that's not the easiest thing to be able to become he didn't have just hit all ass whoopings. He was able to win some of those fights, right? Then on top of that, he was able to get boosted up. He's been on Rogan's show multiple times. He was able to take that, use that stepping stone to be able to create a career for himself where he goes and just has conversations online with people basically through um, podcast form. So when it comes down to it, yeah, we can shit on anybody all we want. But at the end of the day, if any of those fucking people, right, were given an opportunity to boost their own careers through his medium, they would shut the fuck up that day. And they would say yes. Why? Because at the end of the day, it would help them boost their own career, right? Now, the question is, would they accept it? If they say no, I'm sure they'll be, oh, of course I wouldn't fucking do it. Fuck him. Okay, that's cool. So you would purposely sabotage yourself because of your opinion of someone. Instead of having balls like a grown-ass man going on his show and speaking directly to his face, I have no respect for anyone who wouldn't do that. Like you have an opinion to someone, go talk to them about it. Like literally a conversation, right? But don't be a psycho. Like people, I'm sure there are people out there who go, well, I sent him a message on a DM and he blocked me. Of course he probably blocked you because he doesn't fucking know you and you probably came all incorrect. If I'm at a house party and some random person I don't know comes up and tells me all about how they hate me, I'm kicking them out my fucking house. Like I don't know you. Of course you get blocked right? That's not how the world works. But if you actually engage with another human being with a a honest back and forth, you wind up getting some truth and you might actually find out something about other people that you might not have known before. The only way to do that is to take all your own personal bullshit, put it to the side and say, you know what? I feel this way about you, but I would like to hear your opinion. I would love to know about A, B, and C. But again, you only have two different kinds of people. You have the people who would literally say no, so they would sabotage themselves, or you would have the people who would say yes and actually speak with the man. Like, even if they went just despite the guy, (laughs) they're like, I can't wait to get on this motherfucking show. Like, what just happened, by the way, to other people, I don't know if it's necessarily happened to him, but there have been a lot of podcasts over the years where someone went on a podcast 
specifically because they knew they didn't like this person. And then when they got on the con- the podcast, they had like very confrontational conversation with that person and kind of. You say um, uh, just while we just had that break there, that's um, uh, Brennan Sharp. Whilst I just sorted myself out on my end, you saw on your IG live feed that he, Brennan Sharp had just purchased a house for his mother. Yeah, like literally when we took that break, I went on my Instagram and started flipping through and it was a post that he just made about him uh buying a house for his mom like he said he saved up money from all his tours and stuff like that and i think he'd been he said he'd been saving that money for about three years and uh he was able to buy his mom a house right up you see see i i, I get that, that that's one bc on the flip side okay i, I probably would love the opportunity to go on his um, um his podcast and have a conversation about whatever it is but you see that's just part of the um the stuff that people tend to dislike those things i mean do people need to know that? I mean, there, there are other things he's kind of just blurted out and put out there that it's like, well, was it that necessary? Did the world need to know about whatever it is you're doing? Well, I mean, is it necessary for us to hear other people's opinions about someone else that they don't know, never met? <laughs> like nothing is, <laughs> almost nothing is necessary. Yeah. Like, like the, I always, this goes down to an argument that's been going online forever, right? Mm. Someone does something really nice for someone. Like yes, really, yeah. like uh, typically you'll see it with like influencers who go out and like give money to someone who's homeless or buy them something nice. And they'll film it and then they'll get like these genuine reactions of the homeless person really caring. I personally, that's just me, have never seen a homeless person get upset that they were receiving a gift. I've never seen it. Not one time on any of these videos have I ever seen a homeless person saying, get the fuck out of here. I don't want your pity money. Like, oh, I'm I'm not going to take that food because you're filming me. Like, I've never seen it happen. Because if you're actually homeless, right, and you're in a position where you need help and someone helps you, it doesn't matter what the terms are. You're helping me. I'm starving, you know? So when I'm seeing, like, people online who shit on that, like, why? Like, because it shows that someone wasn't being greedy, yet we don't give two fucks that Floyd Mayweather buys a new fucking Bugatti or, you know, like, shouldn't we give a fuck that people are posting about themselves all the goddamn time? How many people are upset about that, but all have nothing but selfies on their wall? How (laughs) self-absorbed could they possibly be that they're upset that someone did something nice for someone else when all they give a fuck is about their own vanity? Just pictures of themselves all the time. Like, it just shows you only give a fuck about you. There's yeah. more to life than you. So yes. when someone does something online and is kind to another human being and they post about it, we should take that as, oh, my God, maybe I should do the same thing. Even if you don't post about it, go do something nice for someone else. There's nothing wrong with posting about being kind to another person yeah. because that might be your payment. Like, if I gave you $100,000 and wanted to take a selfie and post about doing it, do you really give a shit that I took a selfie? No. Yeah. You're going to go, thanks for the $100,000. This is amazing. It's going to change my life. But you know what? You took a selfie, so never mind. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. You know? <laughs> the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, yeah. it just blows my mind because you always see people talk about this online. Like, whoa, you don't need to post it. Like, why the fuck not? Why? Because it makes them feel good to have done a good deed. And they are proud of something that they did. Well, 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 okay. Although you did say that it doesn't matter what the terms are. So you still stand by that. that even though, even though they might be helping this person out, 
they might be helping them out just to make themselves look good. The fact that the other person is being assisted and getting the help that they need to again. Just... Why is an outside party who is not involved with that give a fuck? Like you can either be out there talking about doing good for other people, or you can talk shit about people doing good for other people. Like, I do not see a problem with someone doing something good for someone else. And who, again, who gives a shit what their goal was? Like, oh, well, you only did that because, yeah, but they still did it. What the fuck did you do? <laughs> uh, like, what, you just threw shade at somebody because they were happy that they did a good deed? <laughs> I, th <laughs> like, think, I think maybe people will be questioning whether the help or the kindness is genuine, you know? Again, the the result speaks for itself. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, do you think the person who got the help gives a fuck? I promise you they don't care because if they did, they would not accept. Mm. They don't give a shit. The only people that give a shit are people who are too busy typing online talking shit about people doing good for other people. <laughs> yes. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I would love to see the rebuttals of people who saw someone do something kind and then they just posted a selfie and said, you know what, today I did this. I'm not going to show this other person, but this is something that I did in hopes that it would encourage other people to do the same. Then you're, even if you did that, there'd be somebody saying, oh, the only reason you posted this is to make yourself feel better. Yeah, but what the fuck did you do? Like, you just criticized someone who did a good deed. Why do I give a shit assuming I know their intentions? I don't know their intentions. I know the result. The result is they did something good for another person. Like, I, I just, I'm a little dumbfounded by the internet speak. That's what that is. That is yes. an echo chamber of people online who just talk shit and do absolutely nothing to do the betterment of the world. Look at Tom DeBlass. Are you familiar with Tom DeBlass? Sounds familiar. I think it rings about. He was Any... in the UFC. He's a very famous jujitsu instructor. Um, and he's got organizations all over the world. Tom DeBlass has been posting up pictures and videos of children who were abused in school, bullied, not a big fan of the word, but physically assaulted in school. And then after they were assaulted, he reaches out to the parents, finds out where the kids are and puts them in a martial arts program. Changes those kids' lives, completely changes them around. So are we gonna say that Tom did this just to make himself feel better because he posted about it? We could look at it that way, but that makes us bitter, cynical pieces of shit. That's the truth. If that's how we view other people's kindness, there's something wrong with us. If we can look at kindness as a bad thing in any way, shape, or form, and then he's able to do so, and then that inspired so many other people to go out into the world and open up their martial arts schools and bring those kids in for free to be able to help them become better people and get away from the abuse that has led to multiple suicides, which I did a story about. So at the end of the day, if we are ever looking at someone else's kindness and we're going, that person's a piece of shit because they did something kind, but they took a picture of it, we're pieces of shit. Like, I don't care who it is. Anybody is more than welcome to come talk to me about this. I think that if you believe someone doing something kind for another person is a bad thing because they took a picture or talked about it, then fuck you. You're a piece of shit human being. Because at the end of the day, while you're sitting there complaining about that person doing something kind, you yourself are not doing something kind. Oh, you're talking shit. Okay, how does that help absolutely anyone? Does it make it so that way that person goes, you know what? I probably, you know, most likely it probably puts that person in a position where if they get bombarded with all these messages, puts them in a position where they're going, you know what? 
maybe I shouldn't do kind things anymore because I'm looked down upon by society. Is that really the goal? Because at the end of the day, that's all that's going to equal is making someone feel bad for doing something kind. I, I hear that. I, I do. But now you're kind of, you're some sort of reminding me of something else now. Now, <laughs> this this is a conversation we could have for forever. But um, let's say um, people who are wealthy, all these wealthy billionaires, however they made their money, but they do have a quite a heinous past. And let's use an example, um, trafficking, sex trafficking, pedophilia, that sort of thing. But they they use the, whatever wealth they have and influence they have to do good, to help charities, set up organizations, do philanthropic, hopefully got the word right, work, those sorts of things. But you find that because the individual probably is known for something that they did before in the past, where the money is going to go to the charity, the organization, for example, they'll turn the money down and say, no, we wouldn't like to have any connections with you at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a far cry from what we were just talking about, though. That's like a night and day leap <laughs> to say that someone took a photo and did something kind. Oh, something, OK, no, I see. What and then all of a sudden people jump on them literally about that act, not their past, not other things they've done. Literally, that act of kindness gets crapped on. That's yeah. not even close to the discussion we were just having. So, yes, there's a big difference between a rapist trying yeah, to uh... do good and someone who literally just did good. Like, if someone went online and was like, yeah, but you did these things prior, okay, well, that's talking about something completely different than the context of what was going on. That'd be like if I gave you 20 bucks and yeah. all of a sudden I saw you jaywalking yesterday. Like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? Mike Tyson did an interview one time, right? Yeah. This is one, probably one of the most famous interviews Mike Tyson's ever done. Right around the time Mike Tyson was doing his one-man show, he goes on a morning television show, and he's there to promote his one-man show to discuss what's inside the show. And then the reporter looks at him and starts talking about his rape allegations from decades before that. Mike Tyson got a little upset, as I'm sure anybody would be. Now, at the end of the day, whether Mike Tyson did that or not, it still kind of blindsided him because it had nothing to do with the context of what was going on in the moment. It was like that reporter waited for that opportunity. Hey, at the end of the day, I think that is something important that should be discussed. And Tyson himself in his one man show discusses in detail all the shit he's done wrong in his life, including discussing about those allegations. So at the end of the day, when someone goes and does something good in the context of the conversation we were having, should we shit on them for the good thing that they did? No, no, we, sh we shouldn't. Because at you least shit on somebody for bad yeah. things they do. Don't get me wrong. I do that for a living, right? <laughs> but yeah. I'm not going to sit there and somebody does something kind for someone else and go, that act itself is bullshit. Mm. I can say, okay, that was very nice of you. But you also did all of these things that are egregious. But that was a nice act. Because that act in itself is a nice act. <laughs> so like... So again, I, I really do not understand why we make certain things viral and yeah. we celebrate the most heinous bullshit, but we shit yeah, on the yeah. thing. There are viral videos out there of children being assaulted in schools. People are talking and happy that these things are happening. Yeah, that kid was a nerd. I'm so glad that he got beat up. He was talking all that shit. Just go on any forum where you see videos of people assaulting someone else and just look at how many views and likes and shares that gets 
And then look at something where somebody does something kind. And just go through the comment sections and see how many people are shitting on the kind act. What are we doing as a society if we are so much into celebrating someone's violence and egregious behavior, yet we shit on the good behavior because we assume why they did it? Why the fuck do we care? The act is important and it yes, should be yeah. treated as such. No, I mean, I would be more concerned that the person who's in need of help, they've got the help and, and for now at least they can sort themselves out and, and do whatever. Say like the homeless person, for example, at least for the next night or two nights or so, they've got somewhere they can stay. They won't be out in the cold on the street. So no, you're right. The act is what should concern you first and foremost. Yeah, and then why won't we make that viral? Why because... isn't kindness viral? Because there's too many people who think that when you do something kind online, the echo chamber of other people dropping that nugget in your head over and over and over again. Oh, the only reason they did that was because of this and that. Why? Because you're bitter. <laughs> like, because someone on there is bitter that they themselves literally are not doing the same thing. Like, how many of those people just like drive past a homeless person? Oh, fuck that fucking dirty homeless person. Mm. How many of those people are like sitting there posting? Again, nothing but selfies, only care about themselves. Like, if that is what you're doing with your time, is to take time out of your day to look at an act of kindness, go into a comment section and say something negative about a genuine act of kindness, or hell, even if it's not genuine, even if yeah. it's just an act of kindness, because I don't know what's inside that person's head. But maybe that person did this, and it inspires other people to do the same thing. That would be a good thing, not a bad thing. And then you'd have that same dude on every one of those posts. They see, oh, fucking, you only did this because you want to feel good about yourself. Oh, this guy did it too. You only did this. Eventually, if you have enough people doing the opposite of that, you'll spread kindness and make kindness viral. You'll get less of these assholes who are in their own little echo chambers of like, the only reason you did that was because like, who gives a fuck why they did it? No one should give, don't give a shit. Did you do it because you just wanted to feel good about yourself? Is it bad to feel good about yourself? Because that's what they're saying. They're saying it's a bad thing to feel good about yourself for doing something kind for someone else. That's what that means. Yeah. Or you go, hey, they did a nice thing. Cool. Still don't like you. Still think you're an asshole. Still don't enjoy all these other things that you've done. But that I can give respect to. I can say thank you for doing something kind for another person. Because it's a genuinely good thing. You know? Like, I don't know, just bothers me to my core when I see that shit online, because I think what winds up happening is children, as they grow up, some of their forced forms of communication nowadays are with people online, something that they have access to at a very young age that I did not have access to at that young of an age. Then when they go and they start seeing how people interact with each other online, it's nothing but venom and vile and hatred. Like, what do you think that that's going to do psychologically to a child who's growing up and learning how to communicate with other people? They're learning that's how you should communicate, how you yeah. should act, how the world is. And then we wonder why when a kid goes to school, he's assaulted or bullied or winds up disrespecting and hitting a teacher, which didn't happen too long ago because a kid got his uh, Nintendo Switch taken away. He knocked a woman out and beat the shit out of her because his Nintendo Switch got taken away. Like, do you think that kid's right in the head? Like, do you think everything was going good up there? Like the kid w was well enough to do to have a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> but again, what are we doing as a community to boost other people and good behavior? If we shit on good behavior, we're not helping society. We're only harming it, in my opinion.
I think maybe if we didn't have social media, at least to the kind of abundance we have today, probably that it wouldn't be that much of an issue. You know, people wouldn't um, uh, shit on people's you know, acts of kindness and love um, as much as they do today. I think a lot of people use internet as their therapy. They use it as an opportunity to get a lot of things off their chest because they can hide behind a wall of anonymity. They don't have to worry about consequences to things that they want to say. Um, yeah. Probably a lot of people feel stifled so they feel like in the real world, they cannot say and act and be and do what they want. So they make an avatar and that's who they are online. And that presence is who they really are um, because that's unfiltered. Yes. No consequences. You can say whatever you want. So yeah. it goes to show that there are a lot of really damaged people in the world. And that's very sad. But a friend of mine, Robin Black, I don't know if you're familiar with his work or not, um, but we've gotten really close over the years. And I love the way he looks at the world. Um, you, if you ever watch him do um, commentary for fight work or look at him doing breakdowns about technique, he's very analytical in the way he looks at the world. And some of the advice that he gives me is pure gold. I remember him, me and him talking and he was stuck in an airport one time. He just randomly called me up. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing, brother? How's everything going? And he was like, well, I, you know, my flight got delayed twice. He goes, I'll be stuck here for like another, like, I think 24 hours or something like that. And I was like, dude, that sucks. He goes, it is what it is. I was like, I would be pissed. He's like, yeah, but think about it this way. If my flights kept getting delayed, that's one problem. The only problem that he has is he can't get to where he's supposed to be going. That's one problem. He said, but if all of a sudden now I start looking at that in a negative way and I start getting upset about this, now I have two problems. And the only reason I have the second problem is specifically because of the way I behave, not because of what the act was. And so it made me really start to process how to interact with other people. So like whenever somebody, if you look at Robin Black's stuff, whenever somebody has like something negative to say about him, he always comes from a place of care, like genuine concern. It's not like made up concern. It's not sarcasm. If someone comes at him so negative, he always has a kind word to say back to them because he's genuinely worried about that person because for some reason that person felt the need to step out of their day specifically to throw venom at another human being. And that's not healthy. So it's, it's very interesting the way that he processes and looks at life. Um, you know, we've been to like tons of events together and he's like a drinking buddy. So we'll just sit down, have some tequila, have some beer and just talk. And it goes from philosophy, martial arts, all kinds of shit. But it really changed my outlook about how to interact with people online. Um, I try anyway to look at it from whatever that person's throwing at me. It's it's about them. It's not about me. And sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow because it doesn't feel good to have people say negative things to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you mean, yeah. But again, I could have one or two problems. I can have this person being negative and then I'm negative back. And all of a sudden now I'm upset about what they said. And I am now upset because I feel the need to get some type of verification from them that I'm better. Uh, but who gives a shit? Like, I, I I started to look at it just like more like just numbers on a screen. It's just yes, somebody yeah. getting their own shit out. It's nothing new since the dawn of the internet. People have been using it to complain about life. And that's okay for them. That's what they need in their life at the moment to make them feel good. And that's sad. But why should I engage that and feel the same? I don't need to, you know? Robin Black, he said. No, I think I know who you're talking about. Um, if I can describe him, he has black hair or so. Yep. And yep. I think on, on Instagram he does these breakdowns, five or 
two to five minute clips of a break of a fight. So, um, no, I know um, who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I've, I just never understood why people actually, yes, like you said, got out of their way to write probably a whole paragraph online just saying the most horrendous things about someone, especially when someone's doing something nice and, and kind and so on. I, I just really, I've never understood. I mean, I I say that because I've grown in school and I was, I was bullied a lot. I even remember the people who, to this day, I remember who they are. And they did it to me for just the whole time that I, that I was in school. Uh, but I just never understood why, do, where do you get the time? As in, is it just so at the end of the day you feel satisfied or just done something to get some sort of stress off your chest or what? I just never understood it. It could be a billion things, man. Like there is no real one cause of people being horrendous to other people. Sometimes it's a control thing. Um, like you'll get a lot of people who go to school and wind up taking out their home life on other people. Um, you know, they learned through their parents that this is how we handle situations. Um, so like, let's say a father smacks around a mom or smacks around the kid. Well, who does the kid get to smack around? Like he's just a punching bag. So then he finds a way to be stronger, feel empowered by doing this to other people. And also that's a learned behavior. That's one thing that could happen. Another thing that could happen is some people are just evil. Like, I know that that, that sounds ridiculous. Like, I know probably there's psychologists out there who might hear that and go, well, that's not exactly. Yeah, I mean, some people are just wired differently than others. We all are on some type of a spectrum of behavior, right? And again, some people could be 60% good and 40% bad. And some people could be 60% uh, bad and 40% good in terms of their actions and how they handle things. Now, some people have compulsions, right? They just cannot help it. That is how they are wired. And some people even have those compulsions and want to stop. They don't want to act that way. They just can't physically stop themselves. Um, it could be for a million different reasons. But at the end of the day, if we have the ability to control our actions, if we do, because some people don't, but if we do, we should be trying to control our actions for the better of things instead of trying to make things worse. Yeah. Like and it's a it's a simple question to ask yourself before you act. It's a very easy question. Right before you act on anything, act on an emotion, act on an impulse, just ask yourself, will this make things worse or better? Just go down that process. And like, you know, the old school, like count to 10 when you're mad, right? All that's for is just to make you think for a second longer before you go off and do something that might make things worse. So, you know, when I can't tell you how many, like how long it took me to break that habit of when someone said something negative, immediately say something negative back. Like I, that, it took a while because there'd be times where I'd be like typing something out and then I'd be like, man, what is, what is this? What, where's this going to go? Yeah. Like this person's not going to change their mind. No. This person might not even mean what they're saying. That might just be trying to get a rise out of you. Yes. You know? so now my favorite thing to do is just restrict people. <laughs> like if anybody's not familiar, there's a button on Instagram. That's a restrict button. It's my favorite button ever. Because what winds up happening is someone will say something and it could be anything, right? But if it's one of those things where it's a little over the top, like I don't necessarily want to see something negative all the time. And people are very self-centered online. They forget, like, especially if you have, like, I have 500,000 followers on Instagram. So they only think about themselves when they say negative shit. So they assume, oh, well, you know, you got a lot of people online. You should be able to take it. I thought you'd have thicker skin. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, if it was just you being an asshole, <laughs> like, it's not how that works. Like, that you're only thinking about you in this conversation. 
those kind of people are the same kind of people who yell at comedians while they're on stage and think it's like a part of the act. Like, I promise you, the comedian wants you to shut the fuck up. Yeah, you laugh yeah. at the jokes, you clap. If they engage, you engage back. But other than that, you sit down, you drink your drink, and you shut the fuck up. La- laugh at the comedy, right? If you're the kind of person that thinks like yelling at a comedian on stage is a part of the show, you're fucking wrong and you're a dick, right? It's the same thing with like people online. So they feel like because they only worry about them and they're only thinking about themselves from their perspective and how you should feel about yourself. Well, if I were you, I'd feel this way. You don't fucking have a clue how I would feel. You're not me and I'm not you. So when people like constantly are throwing venom, I'll hit that restrict button. Then what winds up happening is to them on their end, on their screen, everything appears as normal, but no one else can read their comment but me and them. <laughs> like, uh, and so okay. they're just talking to themselves. And this, yes. like, and every time it, it never fails. Anytime someone has crossed a line, anytime I see like it's like it'll say restricted comment, and I can click on it and read it if I want. Sometimes I'll click on them and see what they have to say. Always negative. That's just who those people are. Like there's a reason that I put them in this like little quiet place where they can they can feel better about themselves. They can spit their venom. <laughs> Hell, they can help my algorithm by leaving a comment. Uh, yes. yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't necessarily need to hear that all the time. It's not healthy mm. for anyone to hear negativity 24 hours a day. It's not healthy. No, that's not. That's all not. Ah, uh, Rob, talking to you, it's like uh, <laughs> your, your knowledge, like your, as in anyone is talking to you, uh, well, at least let me say for myself, it's like you know a lot more than what you do, which is the mixed martial arts combat sports thing. Um, before you went into this, um, as in, were you at university? As in, did you study anything to do with the, the mind, let's say psychology? No, nah, man, I've just been in the martial arts industry since I was like 12. It's been my only real career. I mean, I've had little odd jobs here and there, um, but martial arts industry has been pretty much it. Um, and I absolutely love it. It still do. I still love it. I think there was probably maybe a year or two there where I absolutely hated it. Um, and I didn't want that. Like it was bad because like you have to, again, seeing nothing but negative and talking about nothing but negative things all the time is not healthy. And my entire job is to see all of the evil going on in this industry and call it out so you can clean it up. But that equal 24 hour bombardment of uh, pedophilia or murder or fraud and it was just constant then after a while it took me a second to sit back and go man like do I even want to do this shit anymore like what is the positives and then like I took I took about a year or two off of training like really hardcore I train here and there um, but I used to be the guy that was in the gym every day you know from the time I was like 12 to about 25 Monday through Saturday I was in the gym um, I was going to be there. I was going to train. I was going to be the best I could at this art. Then after a while, it's like, I, I started thinking to myself, like, why? Like, why? Mm-hmm. I literally have spent my entire life on a dojo floor and I didn't get to experience all of these other things because my mind was so single focused on just training martial arts. And so I took a little bit of time to like go out and just do other things in the world. Um, and it was great. It was fucking awesome. And like, I didn't even miss it a little bit. <laughs> I was mm. like, God, I wish I was in the gym right now. No, I had been, I had been doing this shit for well over 15 years at that point. Like, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm good. Like, you know, April will mark 26 years in the industry. 26. And I think it was like four years ago where I like took a little bit of time off for myself. 
So I guess I was in there for over 20 years before that. And so like two decades of just being dedicated to one specific thing and task. Yeah, that shows a lot of discipline, but it also doesn't show a lot of versatility in the world. You know, yeah, okay. martial arts is important for self-defense. It's an important tool to help you with a lot of other things in life. Um, but it only works if you look at it not just in the form of kicking and punching, you know, like you can apply martial arts to a lot of other things. So like my college was martial arts. That is what I did. So like, for instance, if you just looked at like a neon belly, right? If anybody out there does jujitsu and you have like a 300 pound dude driving his knee into your sternum, grabbing you by the collar, grabbing you by the pants leg and trying to get his knee all the way into your spine. And you're the person on bottom. You do a lot of thinking while you're down there. <laughs> start thinking man how did i mess up to get here how can i get out of this but then eventually you do get out whether it's because you were submitted whether it's because you actually escaped whatever the case may be you you get out it's over and then you start looking at the world differently because you can apply this to other scenarios i can always say at least that's not happening right now <laughs> somebody cuts me off in traffic i don't fucking care why do i give a shit they can't hear me yell at them yes why? yeah I, again they cut me off all right that happens did we get into an accident no then we move on with fucking life i don't give a shit right that person's a dick but all right they're getting to where they who knows maybe that person has to get somewhere because their father's dying of cancer yes, right and yeah. they have to get there as fast as possible but if i only think about this from my perspective how selfish is that so like okay they did their thing whatever's going on with them nobody's harmed we move on with life at least it's not a 300 pound guy sitting on my sternum trying to drive his knee <laughs> through my chest, you know? So you can apply a lot of, uh -huh, yeah. a lot of things in your life. And I think that it opens up your mind a little bit to experience life a different way through trial by fire and combat. You know, there's a lot that you learn about people through fighting them. There's a lot you learn about yourself through fighting people. I mean, what's the one thing that most fighters do at the end of any fight? Fight's over, bell's wrong, someone's announced a winner. What do most fighters do when it's over? As in, it's, they're in that ring. They're still in the ring. Everybody's in the ring. They, they walk back to their corner and, uh, well, God, I don't want to sound stupid answering this question. Something I should know. Uh, they both raise their, their hands as if they thought they won the fight. I mean, they... usually they hug. Ah, Okay, or shake hands. Yeah, depends. Depends if they don't generally dislike each other. Yeah, I said usually. <laughs> like, there's definitely cases, right? But even in cases where there were people who truly did hate each other, they walked over and showed respect because yeah. they just had a moment together that most people will never experience. And unless you've ever been in the ring with someone and actually fought someone in combat while a lot of people were screaming and yelling and you guys were the center of attention in that moment, you'll never know what that feels like. Like, you'll have people from the outside looking at that as barbaric or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, they don't know because they've never experienced it. There's something special that happens when you fight another human being. And it's a moment of honesty. It's this beautiful moment of honesty between you and another human being. Like, whatever's happening, that is who you are in that moment. You are that person. Everything comes out. Everything's laid out on the table. Most people will never experience that level of honesty with another person. And when you're done with a fight, there's a huge relief. Like you both came out on the other side, whether one person got knocked out, submitted something broken, you still come out on the other side. It's very, very, very rare for two people to go into a combat sport and one person dies.
Has it happened before? Yeah, but it's super rare. Like you could, people die walking out their house and slipping on the wet concrete and hitting their head. So like, it's super rare for combat sports for someone to die. So it's, but it's a scary thing because leading up to it, your mind is just racing of all the what ifs and all the pressures and all these things. Right. But when you're done, it's just like, Oh, it's over. All right, let's go get a beer. <laughs> like it's, it's this beautiful <laughs> moment of relief. It's yes, very, yeah. whether you won or lost, it's over. You both made it out the other side. Win, lose, or draw. And I think that that's a cool thing. I think there's a lot to learn from it. Would you be happy to reconnect in about um, uh, just two minutes? The limiters come on again. Yeah, sure. Not if you have the time. Thank you. I'll be super quick this time. Yeah, not a problem, dude. Sure. Right. Be right back. He's been in the news, and I think he's going to be in the news ongoingly because of what he's been in a, in a, a little bit of brother. You know, he, him, and his brother were successful um, kickboxers. Well, I think he was at least. Um, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. No idea. Um, are you talking about Andrew Tate? Yes, that's okay. correct. Uh, this kind of links back to the conversation we uh, we kind of started out with at the beginning about the the morality, liking this person for one thing, but disliking them for something else. What what do you think about him? I, I think. I would admit there's certain things he will say probably outlandish and brashly um, that I agree with. But uh, when he said certain things about the, the trafficking, so on, that's the reason why I moved to Romania, I think probably he kind of shot himself in the foot, <laughs> probably unknowingly. Um, it's weird because my first interaction with Andrew Tate, um, I never, I don't remember ever having an actual conversation with him. Uh, but I do know that there was a time where I was going through every once in a while, I'll do this just to see who follows me and, and stuff like that. Because if you go to like Instagram, you can see like there's a, a follower count. And so after like a Rogan mention or something like that, sometimes I'll have a lot of celebrities who follow the page. And sometimes I'll find celebrities that I like am fans of, right? Sometimes it's a celebrity I've never heard of. So what I'll do is I'll click on that and I'll just scroll through and see until I see a blue check mark. I'll click on it and just hit follow. Scroll, click on it, hit follow. Scroll, click on it, hit follow. And I'll just do that so that way I can kind of keep up with the people who are in the know because that's a very good way of networking. See somebody who happens to follow your page, you have mutual interests, you go, oh man, like, oh, so-and-so follows my page. Okay. So I'm going to doing the blue check mark thing. Anyone with a blue check mark, I'm following. And then... uh eventually like he made a post or something of like him doing nunchucks and anybody who um knows me knows i fucking love nunchucks right so i like <laughs> leave him a message fellow chucker like hoping to start a dialogue now at this point i have no fucking idea who he is yes like never heard him speak just saw a guy who i happen to follow who had a blue check mark who's doing nunchucks right so then that was it uh i move on of course he didn't respond I move on and it was like a year or two later and all of a sudden I'm on a live. And while I'm on live, somebody hops on the live and they go, um, you know, how could you possibly be friends with this guy, Andrew Tate? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't even know who the fuck that is. And they were like, you follow him. I'm like, yeah, I follow a lot of people. I don't know who that is. I'm like, it's not how this shit works, mm -hmm. right? It's the same like trick that I do when it comes to like getting more people to follow my page. Sometimes I just go to a hashtag like BJJ, TKD, Karate. I'll go to the most recent posts with that hashtag and just like the first eight photos or videos. Like, 
I didn't, I'm not, I didn't even look at your shit, to be honest. But at the end of the day, I did that just to wave to get more people to follow my page. Like, hey, I exist. That's all that is, right? So, and then I'll still get people who hop on who are like, oh my God, he liked my stuff. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I did. But that's, it's like, it's playing now. It's gaming the system. It's a job. I'm not saying I don't like certain people's stuff, but I'm saying most likely if you saw me like one of your posts, it's probably because I'm just trying to get more followers on my page. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so this person starts berating me about Andrew Tate. I was like, I don't know who this person is. And I don't fucking care who it is. Like, that's not me. I don't represent someone else just because I follow them. That's fucking stupid. So anyway, here we go. Like fast forward. Uh, and then it was like last month, I think, maybe the month before. Um, I did see that he was in jail and all that good stuff. I did hear about all that, but I don't, he's not convicted yet. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. I just know he's arrested. The moment he's actually convicted, like then we'll say, yes, yes, he did this crime, but you know, innocent until proven guilty. Like, I don't fucking know. I'm not the guy. I don't follow him around. I'm not a fanboy. I don't give a fuck that he even exists, to be honest. And he probably doesn't give a shit that I exist either, but I wind up seeing this video that he made and that did spark my attention. And it was a, what was a McDojo? And it was like a gym, a good gym versus a McDojo. And I just disagreed with everything he had to say. Like it wasn't because of who he was. It was because the context of what he was saying, what he was saying was fundamentally not correct. And so I got a hold of every major gym, TriStar, Jackson, Winkle, John, ATT, like all these major gyms. And I just asked some questions and they universally agreed with me that he was just fucking wrong. Like he was talking about a good gym being dirty. Like, and people were like, that's not what he said. Um, you know, that he didn't mean like cleanliness. And like later on in that video, he clearly talks about cleanliness, by the way. Um, but anyway, so it's like, no, a good gym is not dirty. Like a good gym is kept clean. Yes, Why? Yeah. Because you don't want staph infection or you Oof. don't want ringworm, right? That's mm -hmm. fucking ridiculous. Also, you don't want fight. He was talking about how a good gym has fighters hurt all the time. Like, no, the fuck it isn't. Like, if your fighter is hurt, he can't make it to the fight. Like, if you are there for self-defense and you're hurt, how could you defend yourself in that moment when your arm's in a sling? You're not more effective. You're less effective. So, like, the, he just said a whole bunch of shit I disagreed with. And then, I, so I made a video about this, right? And then it's astonishing to me how people view people as a cult of personality instead of actually listening to what they have to say um and again i haven't listened to most of his shit but i did listen to that video for sure and when it comes to that particular video he's just fucking wrong i could care less who he is it could have been fucking anybody said that same bullshit i would have still done a video about him because at the end of the day he was wrong i had confirmation proof from all the major gyms that they disagreed fundamentally with what he was saying. And it had nothing to do with it being Andrew Tate. It had everything to do with this person had said stupid shit. So like, but people will blindly follow him even when you provide evidence and facts to the contrary. Has he said some things that are right? I'm sure he has. I mean, people say shit that's right and people say shit that's wrong. It appears that he's a controversial person where he purposely tries to get a rise out of people. But it also appears that he's a very successful person because he's made an ass load of money. The, I guess he has some type of like how to be a man program where people follow him for like advice on how to be a man. Like here's step one to being a man. 
you don't need to pay somebody to tell you how to be a man. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. Like, be you. Uh, Who gives yeah. a fuck if other people like it or not? Do you like Dungeons and Dragons? Play, play your ass. Play Dungeons and Dragons all day. Roll that I one d twenty. Enjoy yourself. Have a good ass time. If like someone calls you a nerd because of it, that says something about them, not about you. Mm, fuck mm. them. Be yourself. That's how you be a grown ass man. Like, you don't need someone to tell you how to live and how to act. Because it will make you feel like you're better than other people. Mm -hmm. Be you. Like, I saw this motherfucker rip into people because they liked sushi. Like, you making fun of people because they like sushi? That's a stupid fucking thing to be like, that you're going to base someone's manhood off of not liking sushi? I saw him, uh, Rapper's Delight. Have you ever heard the song Rapper's Delight? No, I, no, no I, you, may, you may have heard it, but anyway, yeah. he gave a hard time to somebody because he he said that he said that if you don't know the lyrics to something to the effect of "You're not a man if you don't know the lyrics to that song," like this is the person we're listening to as to what constitutes as being a man. Like, look at the end of the day, if that's what works for him, that's awesome, and I'm sure that he does have some viewpoints that probably are very sound and very legitimate. But at the same time, he's just a human being, and I'm sure there are viewpoints out there as well that are incorrect. We're all shades of gray. So, like, I've never met the man, so at the end of the day, I don't have anything to base off of other than what he's put out there to the world. Now, he could be an amazing human being for all I know, and these charges could be wrong. But doesn't seem that way. But then again, we don't know until everything comes out. I know that right now, whatever his decisions were, led him down the path of to where he is right now. So obviously something he did was not correct because you know how many days I've spent in jail for shit? Fucking zero. You know why? Because I don't do stupid shit that will put me in jail. <laughs> like, you know, but there are people out there was amazing. Like if you had a contradictory viewpoint, they would call you a simp. And I thought that was very ironic <laughs> is that. For you thinking for yourself yes, that you're a simp. Like, no, you following someone blindly makes you a simp. So it's it's a strange like dichotomy where he's convinced people or they, I'm sorry, I don't know if he's necessarily convinced them. I think they may have convinced themselves because he has such a strong personality and people can relate to that. Some a lot of people who don't have that need that. And that's OK. Sometimes they need that person who can be a little more brash and direct and say a lot of things that maybe they felt in their mind they should say. Doesn't make them correct, but it is empowering to some people. you know. And if there's somebody out there who had a rough life and felt less than, and Andrew Tate said some shit, whether we believe it or agree with it or not, that made that person feel better about themselves, that's a, not a bad thing. I mean, good for them for feeling better, as long as that person doesn't go on to be abusive or a piece of shit, right? There could be good and bad to everybody, like I said before. But that's really the only interactions I've had with Andrew Tate wasn't even an interaction. It was just I saw a video about him talking about what a McDojo is, which is my entire job. And then I just disagreed fundamentally with what he said. You see, that kind of you started that you kind of started the um, how you kind of came across it. So there's a particular video he made. He put he uploaded online. That you, you've just fundamentally fundamentally disagreed with. And I think anyone who's not even, let me say, a pure diehard, let's say, combat sports fan like yourself, or someone who doesn't isn't really that invested in um aspiring or non trucks or whatever it is to do with combat sports, common sense would suggest that, well, any environment for, that people are going to be in, whether it's sleeping, whatever it's going to be for, 
you would want the environment to be clean. Why would he want it to be dirty anyway? Whether it's going to be a McDojo gym or a you know, why would he well, say any all the good? If a gym is good, it has to be dirty. Why would it be dirty? You wouldn't want it to be dirty. Well, wouldn't, you wouldn't know, he has there. like his own reasoning. Like he compares it to like the Apollo Creed gym and Rocky, and he's like, it's dirty, it's gritty. You know, like he like again, if anybody watches the video that he made, not the video response that I made, but the video that he made, he directly talks about cleanliness in the gym. And he talks about McDojo's being clean. So he was like, yeah, you're, you know, you could have your dojo nice and clean. He, like, so he directly talks about cleanliness of a gym. Um, I don't know why he would say what he said. Maybe he truly believes that a good gym should be a lot rougher. I think maybe his point could have been not what the words said. <laughs> like, but your words directly affect people's perception of your words. You know, like if someone like said certain things, like, for instance, a, a, you know, a, a good gym has people getting their arms broken, which is something else that he talked about in there. Like broken bones is a, a term that he uses. Like, no. Like, you kidding? Sorry. Not... Uh, once you've done this, please, can you send me the link for those videos? Because that a good gym is where you get your arms broken. If somebody got their arms broken in any sort of combat sports or training, uh, they'd probably be kind of discouraged to continue training or partaking in that sport ever. Yeah, it's a, it's a very simple, like, I hold on, let me, I, I'd really like for you to hear what he had to say, because I think that it's fairly important in the context of this conversation, because. This is crazy. There's two kinds of fight gyms. And you have the traditional McDojo, like the karate gym, taekwondo, blah, blah, blah. And you have the fight gyms. When you go into a real fighting gym, like a gym with real fighters, it's always like shitty. You know when you watch Rocky and you have like the Apollo gym, it's always shitty. And the reason it's shitty is because fight gyms don't make money. This is the thing. You have a choice when you open a martial arts gym. You either sell out and chase the money or you train people to actually fight. So if you sell out and chase the money, you have a nice big dojo. You have these, everyone's got their karate suits and they pay for their suits and everyone goes to their ratings and they punch hair and no one gets hit. They do their gradings and they pass and they buy a new bell. You have know, these huge, big classes full of people because it's nice and easy. No one gets hurt. No one breaks any bones. And you just get to sell suits and belts and you can have a nice, big, clean dojo and make money. Well, if they actually get a real fight, no one can fight. You think you can fight. I know for an idiot. And then you come up with no one. People say that was me. Then you have fight gyms where you have guys turning up, breaking bones, hurting each other and sparring, fucking each other up badly. No one can stick out. You don't have big classes. It's too hard. The fighters do, do get really good. They were trying to make money fighting, so they ain't got much money. They can't pay for expensive gradings. They're paying the minimum. Fight gyms are broke, but they produce dangerous men. So you have a choice when you open a membership. Do I sell out and make it a free-for-all, yay, make it nice and easy, set a bunch of fucking easy-ass achievements that anyone can do, give everyone their fake, phony black belts, but in reality, none of them ain't shit. Or do you create a fighter gym? A real gym where it's hard and a lot of people don't make it. The ones who are left are fucking dangerous. That's the choice you have. So the thing is, like just going through, that's what he said, talking about what he said. He said that talked directly about fighters getting hurt and broken bones, right? So like you can hear that he says this. He talks about you can have a nice clean dojo and everything's easy. He talks directly about the cleanliness of the dojo being related to a McDojo. He talks about something else that I think is important, which is why I wanted to get to it. He talks about you have a choice 
you can open up this gritty hardcore dojo without a lot of members and be broke. Or if you make money, you're a sellout. That's a choice. You could sell out and open up this like clean dojo and make everything easy. That's fucking dumb. That is fucking stupid. That is a very specific, um, I guess you could say, a cliche in the martial arts industry that gets perpetuated. People think that if you open up a dojo, in order for your students to be good, somehow you have to be poor. And if you're making money in the industry, that's a bad thing. How many homeless people have we walked past and been like, you know what? That guy's probably good at martial arts. Fucking none. Yeah, how many homeless people have been hired for seminars to teach martial arts? None. Why? Because they're fucking homeless. Why? Because they mismanaged funds. They had issues. Whatever the case was, wasn't because they were doing so great financially. Meanwhile, this person who's worth millions of dollars, millions, has called everyone who makes money in their martial arts school a fucking sellout. So this hypocrite is saying, if you make money in your martial arts gym, you're a fucking sellout. He said, there's only two choices. You could be a broke gym and create good fighters, or you can have a gym that makes money and produce shit fighters. That's him. That's his opinion. That's not right. Have you ever been to Jackson and Winkle, John? Massive building. Amazing fighters. World class, right? You ever been to ATT and uh, Coconut Creek? Fucking massive, right? Have you ever been to TriStar? Nice big gym. Great fighters. At the end of the day, that fundamentally is not correct. You know what all those gyms also have in common? Extremely clean. Walk <laughs> into those training facilities and they're all very much clean. You know what yeah. else they have in common? <laughs> Even though they have hard, rough training, yes, they're not constantly getting injured. They're not constantly injuring fighters. These are professionals. They cannot fight if they are injured. The goal is to train hard so that way you make it to your fight. And if you're talking about this in terms of self-defense, the goal is to train hard so that way you can still defend yourself. Mm. But if you train too hard, you wind up catching an injury, and that's the moment you have to defend yourself. You're fucked. You're going to lose. If your leg is broken, <laughs> if your bones are broken, if you're too sore to be able to defend yourself, you're not going to be as effective. So the entire thought process there is just not correct. Yes, but yes. Rob. It's, uh, baffling. Rob. But the question that will be at the back of people's minds, even you know the young men, which I'm sure are his target market, his target audience, the question will be, why would you say these? Just, just why would you say it? I think you're old enough to know better, so do better. I mean, why would you say? It? And then there's the, going back to the arrest. I mean, if you look at the sort of things he has said, it, there must be something in the arrest that happened because the police would not have arrested him for no reason. Or, or with any lack of um, sufficient evidence. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not a cop and I don't follow the guy like that. So I have no <laughs> yeah. clue what's going on with this shit. Like, I'm not like one of those people that's like, oh my God, Andrew Tate exists. I need to follow everything going on with him. <laughs> I don't know anything about this fucking dude. I know like a couple <sighs> things that I've heard about his arrest um, when in terms of like, I think sex trafficking. And I know what he said about the McDojo thing. And I watched a few of his other videos because I was doing a video about that just to see, like, given a, a fair opinion. Like, let me watch a couple of his videos to see some of the things that he said. And, like, I just found some of them outlandish. And they may be outlandish for the sake of being outlandish. Could be a character. Very possible. Could be genuinely him. But at the end of the day, that's what he's pushing out into the world anyway. I mean, if I knew the guy personally, it'd be so much easier to speak on him. But I fucking don't. <laughs> like, if I was a fan or a hater i'm neither one i don't know this fucking dude 
I know that that video is wrong. <laughs> that is not correct. Like, then, you know, and it's not just my opinion. I got opinions from a lot of different people. I literally have video of uh, the head manager over at Jackson Winklejohn talking about how they handle their fighters. It's like four or five minutes of him talking in detail about keeping the gym clean and keeping his fighters safe. You know, I got um, James Boom Boom Mancini, who is over at TriStar, one of the coaches at TriStar Gym, talking about it's very important to make sure your gym is clean. I had Jack uh, John Hackleman, who was the coach for Glover Teixeira and for Chuck Liddell, two mm -hmm. world-class martial artists who were both title holders in the UFC, talking about the importance of keeping your gym and your, your partner safe. So at the end of the day, who am I going to listen to? Like, yes, can Andrew Tate probably beat me up? Yes. I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, it doesn't magically make those words correct. <laughs> like, it just means that he could beat me. Doesn't mean that he's ever been to the UFC and talked with these coaches and fought with their fighters and shit like that, been to their gyms. I don't fucking know him. I don't know what he's done and what he hasn't. But at the end of the day, beating someone up, having the ability to do so, only matters in two times in your life. Matters when you have to defend yourself against somebody who's trying to hurt you. And it matters in competition when you're still having to defend yourself against someone who's trying to hurt you. Mm -hmm. That's it. There's never been a board meeting in the history of board meetings where there's the CEO, the CFO, the head of research and development. And they're all sitting down talking about how to make this multi-billion dollar business better. And then all of a sudden the janitor walks in and they go, hold on, guys. Mark the janitor <laughs> and beat us all up. <laughs> let's hear what mark the janitor has to say like no one's gonna fucking listen to him yeah. no one gives a fuck that he could beat up everyone mm -hmm. you know how many times has the head of some type of major organization gone to a prison because he knew everyone in the prison could beat him up to ask them for advice never mm -hmm. why because he doesn't fucking care that you could beat him up that's only important in such a small mm -hmm. aspect of life like yeah so it's i don't know i think it's astonishing to me that whenever people have differences of opinion, people just latch on to the personality of the person and yes, not the yeah. context of what's being said. You know, it's, it's a crazy time we're living in now. As long as you can get people's attention, I think that's how you manage to garner, you manage to get away with saying a lot of stuff. I mean, people will call you up. I mean, in 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 this case with Andrew Tate, um <laughs> Well, it's like everything he's said before in the past, or probably everything he's done before in the past, is now catching up with him or so. Hit both well, him and his maybe. brother. Maybe. Uh, I mean, like I said, there's shades of gray to people, man. Like, sure, there's people he's helped. I'm sure there are people out there in the world whose lives are changed for the better because he has existed in their life somehow, done something kind for them. But at the end of the day, like, he also probably done some shit and been wrong sometimes, too. Like, I have a really hard time a lot of times looking at people as either really bad people or really good people. I uh, think you, yeah. you could be the majority bad, but there's still some good in there. And I think you could be the majority good and there's some bad in there. Like none of us are, none of us can escape the good and bad of life. You fucking can't like, you know, it just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And now, especially we have cameras on everything people say and do like you were talking about the Bobby Lee thing and the, the Kayla thing. Like that's a very personal intimate thing and yes they did choose to make that a public thing and discuss that live and discuss that publicly and stuff like that but did they really have too much of a choice because eventually that's going to come out in the public and then people are going to question them hey how come you guys didn't bring this up on the podcast and the show and then now their entire reputation is on the line because they tried to hide their personal life that's no one's fucking business 
Like it's a very strange thing when you're in the limelight because there's constantly a camera on you. Yeah. You'll again, you'll be able to find something that you said, like with a fine tooth comb, and then somebody will go, wait, five years ago you said this, <laughs> but then you said this over here. What yeah. do you mean your favorite color is blue? Over here, you said your favorite color is orange. Like, bitch, maybe they changed their fucking mind. Why do we give a shit? Like, and especially like with people's personal lives, like the only reason we even know about that is because other people stick a camera in their face all the fucking time. And eventually what winds up happening is it makes the news if you get popular enough. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just a strange thing. It's, it's all very strange. If you stick a camera on someone long enough, you're going to get something out of it. Uh, Rob. Okay. Just um, two more questions then. Cause you said you got a, a meeting or so this morning. Yes. Um, so people are saying that um the this fight's not going to happen, but that's for the second question I'm going to ask you. But Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira, who do you think will take the win away from that that fight? Are they having another match? Are they fighting again? Oh, yes, yeah, so at UFC 287. Oh shit! I didn't show <laughs> you how much I pay attention. I didn't know there was going to be a rematch. Um. It's tricky, man. Like sometimes you find somebody who is who's got your number. They kind mm -hmm. of figured you out. And this is not the first time that they fought. No, There's a history. Um, so even before the UFC, there was a history there. Um, sometimes a fighter gets in your head, which is difficult because it becomes more of like a quicksand. You know, like even if they might not necessarily be better than you, they might have one or two techniques that can put you away, and that's all they need. You know. Like, um, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's a tough thing. I think that Izzy's been a follower of the page for a long time. He's been supportive of the page for a long time. I've met him at the MMA awards in Vegas a couple times. He's a very, very cool individual. Um, I liked the way he handled his loss. I think that was very professional. He didn't bitch. He didn't moan. He didn't make an excuse. He just said, I lost. And then he moved on with the fucking day, which he's done twice now that I've seen in the UFC, like when he tried to move up weight classes and he got handled, um, he got to the press conference. Like it was just another day. Like he didn't cry. He wasn't like yeah. emotionally broken. He's a very mentally tough dude. It will all be based on if he learned from his previous losses. That's the only thing that's going to dictate whether or not he's going to win. If he did not learn anything from his previous losses and his previous matches with him, he will lose again. Mm. So, if he's able to to learn from that and he's able to change his game plan, change some strategy, change some tactics, um, then he can win. He has the ability to win. As of right now, if I had to put money on it, I'm going to put money on Pereira. Like, I'm, that's where my money would go. Um, he's got a track record of beating Adesanya. So far, he's doing a fucking great job about being able to beat him. <laughs> like, even if he could fight a million other fighters and lose a million other fights, sometimes he's got somebody's number and it seems like he might have him pegged a little bit. He might've figured out his game and how his timing is and all that good stuff. But if I had to put money down right now, I'd be on Pereira. Mm. Um, but I'd have to see a little bit more footage of his training camp, what's going on, how he's adapted, what he, you know, if you're Izzy, to be honest, like what you probably should do, go to the fucking ground. <laughs> Like, I know that that doesn't sound like a game plan that a lot of people would expect, but that's exactly why you do it. Like, train your fucking takedowns over and over and over and over and over again, right? Train those takedowns as hardcore as humanly possible. Get that jujitsu up. And, of course, Izzy's known as probably one of the best strikers yes, there yeah. in the UFC. But 
if you're getting beat striking by someone else, stop striking. You know, like if that person is consistently beating you in your game, do another game, you know, like do the game that you will most likely get you a win. And it might not even be an exciting way of winning. I mean, if you're able to secure a takedown, keep top dominant position for the majority of the round and then stay away from the other person, that's boring as shit. Yeah, but it wins fights. I mean, GSP used to do the same thing over and over and over again. He would double like take down and he would just pretty much chill and guard for a really long time. I mean, DC had the uh, the same kind of thing where he would secure a takedown and he would just like grind on people from the guard, not even attempt to pass. Doesn't need to. Like he's so good at being active in the guard that he was able to just beat the shit out of people while in their guard, which is extremely impressive to tire someone while they're on their back, basically just defending and still make them exhausted is really impressive. Um, you know, so you don't have to be like a Khabib with your takedowns where you secure a takedown, you get to like a, you know, a figure four on the person's thighs instead of mounting and then beat the shit out of them against the cage. You don't have to do that. You could just get the takedown, get a dominant position, ride that timeout, do it again, get the takedown, dominant position, ride that out until you get the victory. Like to the fighters, that's boring. Or to the to the crowd that's boring. Yeah, to the yeah. Crowd, do you think he gives a fuck if you were entertained or not? He's still gonna get paid. <laughs> He's still gonna get the title. Like uh, he could walk out of there and everyone could boo, and he would still be like, "Man, you're so <laughs> on, so I'll on." Cry on this belt. <laughs> <laughs> um, your eyes, uh, because for me, um. It's a hub because both of them, especially of course Perez, proven that three times now. That obviously against one of the toughest strikers in the sports in the world, he's very good. But um, for me, I mean, I could I can't decide. But for Izzy, if you've lost this person several times, three times now, it's gonna it will stay in your head that on the the next opportunity you get to beat them, you will you'll be smart about how you attack your opponent, how you defend yourself as well. But I don't know, you will kill yourself. You, you, you will actually do everything in your power, use everything in your arsenal to defeat your, this opponent because they're going to be in your head for so long. You, you understand what I mean? It's, it's tough. Like, look at John Jones versus DC, like their legacy of fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when you look at John Jones versus DC, John Jones just simply was better. That's all there is to it. He was just better. He's better than a lot of people, but specifically, he knew how to stop DC's game plan every time. There was a one fight, as a matter of fact, it might've been their second one, where when they fought, DC got to the point where he knew he was losing. Everyone knew he was losing, including DC and John Jones at the moment. And DC's only game at that point was just to try to secure a takedown, just one takedown. Because in his mind, I guess that would have been some type of a victory, you know, like a moral victory. Like I got a takedown, right? And I think he did get a takedown eventually, But I think that it cost him the entire fight because he refused to give up on that idea and that thought. And of course, we're not the men in the ring at that point. Like, we don't know what's going through his head. Maybe he was like, if I can just get this takedown and keep him there, I might be able to do A, B, and C. But that's not what it looked like. From the outside, it looked like he had given up on the win and only wanted the takedown. And it didn't matter the detriment of what was going to happen to himself to get it. He was willing to go through everything just to get that one takedown. And that's all he wanted. That's what it looked like. That's what it felt like. Now, it might not have been what's going on in his head, but he got on this autopilot, right? He almost accepted defeat for the sake of the takedown. And that John Jones just played that all day. He just enjoyed that every moment of stop, stuffing every takedown. 
because that's exhausting to shoot in for a takedown and it gets stuffed and then over and over and over because you're putting in all this work and all this effort and then get nothing out of it. That's very defeating. So, but it's the opposite now. We're not dealing with someone who's trying to get a takedown. We're dealing with two very highly effective strikers. Yeah. One seems to have the other one pegged. At this point, do you give up on the hope that you can outstrike the person for the sake of your ego? Like you can't go in three times in a row, lose three times, because I do believe they fought three times off the top of my head. I do believe he's lost. Um, not in the UFC, but I do believe before. I think he's been knocked out by Pereira um, kickboxing, if I remember correctly. More asking. Alex, Alex Pereira. Yeah, like when Izzy fought him previously kickboxing. Yeah, uh, yeah it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, they fought in kickboxing. I think even that, um, then um, Pereira still won in both yeah, so, uh, matches. So if we're we're talking about like a consistency and a track record, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and over again and expecting yeah. a different result. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. Go in with a different game plan. Try to do something a little bit different. Try to see if something you can do will open up a door to victory. Mm -hmm. um, but if he goes in doing the same thing that he did last time, chances are good. It's probably not going to work out in his favor. You know? And I'm a Izzy fan. I'm a fucking yeah, fan, yeah. fan. But I'm a realist. Like, don't keep doing the same shit. Like, oh, yeah. and again, I'm not the guy in the ring. He might say, fuck you. Your advice sucks. Okay, cool. Whatever. That's just my opinion. Okay. Um, I really need to um change the source of platform I used to do this podcast. Can we just reconnect just one last time? Um, unfortunately, I have a meeting in two minutes. So okay. I'm not going to be able to hop back on right now. Okay. If you can, uh, okay. If you can quickly, you can tell us, um, tell me anyway. McGregor versus Chandler. Do you think that fight will happen at all? Because I've heard at least for the upteenth time that a fight may not even happen because McGregor probably is not what he used to be like and you know, has drinking and partying and so on. I mean, it depends on what the contract says. Like, you got to figure if, if Dana White, because aren't they both now coaches on the Ultimate Fighter? Yes, but I mean, the fight itself, I mean, what after, I mean, will even happen? I mean, will McGregor... Will he be, well, be I mean, able that's to compete? usually a part of it. Usually. Um, the coaches for the Ultimate Fighter usually build up to a fight between them two as well. So I would imagine, yes, in my opinion, the fight probably will happen. Um, I would be curious, though, because McGregor gained a lot of weight. And yes. it didn't look like it was just water weight. It looked like, it looked like maybe he was on the juice. So whether or not he was on the cycle or not, is he able to get off the cycle in time? You know, they change the USADA rules about the picogram thing. You know, if you have like under X amount in your system, they're cool with it now. Um, you know, USADA also changed it. So that way weed is no longer on the, uh, the list of, uh, what do they call it? Uh, performance enhancing drugs. So, I mean, if Conor McGregor's drinking and smoking, that doesn't mean he still can't fight. Um, it would be dumb, but I mean, what would he make weight? All that good stuff. I mean, we don't know. I, at the end of the day, I, I have a feeling McGregor is, oh, he makes his decisions based on, will this be financially successful for me? Hold so on. I think, go ahead. <laughs> I just, just play it up. So, no, no, it stopped recording midway. Um, So, yeah, you you do believe that um, the, uh, if the five, it does, if it, if it does happen, uh, okay, there's a contract, so that it has to happen anyway. And the person will be benefiting the most out of it, more or less. Or anyway, for them, it doesn't really matter because they made the millions, they made all the fame, they're no, a superstar. Yeah. 
I don't think McGregor cares. Yeah, like, exactly. If it, yeah. If it financially benefits him, cool. Like, do you think he cared that he lost the Mayweather fight? He doesn't give a shit. Like, he went out there, they sparred basically. Yeah. And, you know, they put on a show. It was entertaining for what it was. And then they all got paid millions and millions of dollars. You know, yeah. like, at the end of the day, I, I truly believe that McGregor just cares about the bottom line. I think he's a smart businessman. A yes, very smart yeah. businessman, as a matter of fact. But he he understands that as long as he can keep bringing in the checks, he could kind of get away with whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, is, yeah. I mean, he literally punched an old man in a bar for not drinking his alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's not sane, proper behavior. Which is ironic because the alcohol is called proper 12. So, (laughs) but not proper. You know, the motherfucker threw a cart, a hand, a dolly. Yeah, I remember Khabib's coach. Yeah. You know, it got glass all over people who were not even involved in his bullshit. Yeah. Like potentially could have caused people's careers. A piece of glass gets in your eye, which I do believe one of the fighters did get glass in their eye. And then now what? You lose your eye because why? Your fucking temper tantrum. Like, how many times, like, again, he does not give a fuck except for that money. If he did, he wouldn't act the way he does. Like, I even remember, like, I guess there was, like, a video of him, like, getting a blowjob. He just, like, films the top are of you kidding? Are you kidding me? That, that yeah, didn't like, happen. He doesn't fucking care. Like, he that, doesn't, that, didn't, that, that didn't happen. I said, <laughs> I do believe, but there was definitely a video. Hold on. Uh... <laughs> Uh, no, because the the time has got I'm like three minutes left. Won't take won't take very long. Uh, <laughs> what is? Okay, she could be doing anything on that. Um, yeah, this is my performing job on on Instagram. Now I don't know about you, <laughs> but where yeah. I come from, yeah someone's head is in your lap and you have yeah. your on the back of their head that typically signifies a blowjob <laughs> now i don't know maybe blowjobs are different where you come from but <sighs> again like that's a weird thing to post like know, even if it's just suggesting it like all right put it on your only fans man people don't give a fuck nowadays everything's loosey-goosey get paid for it or whatever right but at the end of the day he's gonna do whatever he does because he's making money doing it like and as long as people keep getting it, keep paying him, he's gonna keep doing stupid shit. Why? Yeah. Because it makes him more money. It makes him more controversial. It puts more asses in seats. You know. All right. Um. Quickly, tell me, uh, just in one word, who would win the fight, Chandler or McGregor, if it does happen? Uh, Chandler. I do believe Chandler would win that yeah. fight. I think that right me now. Too. Yeah. Um. I think McGregor has a lot of ring rust. I don't think the last fight. I don't think he was winning the last fight before his leg broke. Um, he looked very rusty. Um, you know, other people might disagree with me. I personally just don't think he was winning that fight up until the leg break. I think he was getting caught with some things that he normally wouldn't get caught with. And age is a bitch. Like, as you get older, you know, you don't function the same way you used to. His game plan, his footwork is very much like a sport karate footwork. So he's always up on his toes moving. That gets a little harder to maintain over long rounds when you get older. So I don't know. In my opinion, I do not foresee him winning. But that's my opinion. Same here. Same here. 
Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show. And quickly, guys, if you did like, if you did enjoy this episode, don't forget to leave a like. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, and you can also catch the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and on Google Podcasts. Rob, thank you so so much, and definitely look forward to seeing you back on the show as well. Take yeah, care. Man, thank you for having me. Later. See ya.